0: So hello, uh, everybody. I am delighted today to welcome as my guest, Kerry Griffiths of Willowbrook Lifestyle Financial Planning. Kerry, I'm so delighted that you've come to be my guest today because we met in networking and Kerry's energy just, I don't know, you just light up the room and you you make things brighter just by being there. And I know that you are one of the most generous spirited people that I have ever met. You are so giving and so caring and nurturing, and, you know, in, in that real, real sense, not just in a superficial sense, but in a real deep sense. So yes, I am absolutely delighted that you've come today to be my guest. So I'd like just to start by asking you, uh, can you tell me a little bit about your passion for financial well-being and what absolutely?
1: You? So I believe that money self-care is the ultimate self-care. Your money underpins so much of what you do and there is a real weight that gets lifted when you feel in control and when you don't feel that money is controlling you, you know when that table is turned. And for me having that overall well-being is really really centered on making sure that your money doesn't take you off that path that it doesn't become your focus and all you think about but it also it doesn't become your worry um it doesn't bring your negative energy to it it's just something that actually flows with you makes everything work and it's just something that kind of just lightens the load And you can make it actually work towards what you want to achieve rather than yeah like I say being a big binding weight dragging you back.
0: I was just talking with somebody earlier about my concept of power and what real authentic power means and that it's choice and um, creativity and connection and I think that's exactly it as well that money is just another form of energy so it's not something that we need to be attached to in any negative sense it doesn't need to be that weight that Uh, Weighs us down, it doesn't need to be that thing that is preying on our mind all of the time. So, if we can get that sorted, then it just eases life in a sense, you know, it just makes us able to do things.
1: It releases you, Robin, it really does. Um, And there's lots of practical things, like there's lots of practical things that you can do. Um, around money that will help breed that and then lots of emotional things that you can do around it as well Um, and actually when you're stuck with money, it's really useful to start with the practical things. You know, the same way, like when you walk into your home, um, oh, we're really different. I've been to Robin's homes. We're really different. So I'm a minimalist. My house is white and like, everything is put away. And you're really homely, aren't you, Robin? You're like, there's comfort in the, in the stuff around you. So whichever it is, like whichever person you are, when you walk into your home and you get that sense of peace, you know, that sense of everything is how I want it to be. Um, and you can create that with your money as well and so for me that with where um, kind of like how I work and how um, things show up for me is that actually having a really calming space um, having a lot of structure um, and having a lot of clear space really brings me um, an energy that that kind of reinforces me that energizes me Um, and so with with money um, what what works for me is actually having, you know, really clear parts for what I'm doing, real clear structure around budgeting, really clear and um, concepts and goals for what my money is doing for me. And um, but a lot of the women I work with, it's more about actually assigning purpose to money and giving money purpose. And then when they've got a real understanding of what they want money to do with them, then giving them the knowledge and the input to be able to make that happen and when you've got those things sorted so when you know where your money is you know what's coming in what's going out you know what you need it to do for you you know how it could be used to your advantage and you have confidence that that's going to happen just breathe you know it just, just makes a big big difference
0: And I love so much of what you're saying there that it's so much around the energy of of how you feel and your relationship with money and that whole concept of, and that's exactly kind of what I am supporting women in and people, mostly women in getting back to that feeling at home. Like you say, going into your house and feeling at home, or I like to say like coming home after a long day, taking off your shoes and just putting your slippers on and that I'm in the place where it's my happy space. It's my comfort space. It's my kind of safe space. I can be me and I'm all about being true to me. So when your money is in alignment with that as well, and you know, kind of how it is, it's working for you it's got its purpose and you're not feeling burdened by it it's not you're not attached to it in any negative sense it's so freeing so liberating so empowering and i think that's really why i so love what you do
1: yeah absolutely and and specifically i work with women who are getting divorced that's kind of my specialism i work exclusively with women getting divorced and for them money is a real blocker it's a real pressure point um for for so so many reasons you know so many things can show up when you're getting divorced um and so many kind of people have this relationship with money um and this nervousness and this lack of understanding this lack of control um and it just becomes such a focus you know all-consuming and in divorce what actually happens is there's um a barrier to them being able to move forward until they've got a real depth of understanding so that they know what they're being offered how it could work for them and whether or not that's something that's actually going to work well and What I do is just break that down and give them some real visuals of, okay, this is how the money could work. This is practically how it could look. Um, And we put some what if scenarios in there and they can just kind of, like you say, just kind of go, right, okay, I'm informed. I understand. I can make a choice and then they can move forward.
0: And it is that fear, isn't it? Fear of the unknown. If you haven't dealt with the finances in your home before, or you haven't had the, the biggest say in it if you're not the major breadwinner or whatever um and the, just what can i if, if i have this amount of money what can i survive can i survive on that do i need more income what are my options all of these things that you don't need on top of the whole emotional roller coaster of getting divorced and if you have children involved obviously that layer as well so the fact that there's somebody like you out there who's so easy to talk to and who can then just make it all so clear, make the fear go away.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that's, you know, the reason that I think what I do works is because one of the other big fears that women have one of the impressions that they have of financial advisors of financial services is that it's really big it's really corporate it's really austere you have to be super wealthy to access it. you are going to be judged for your knowledge or lack of um, and you, and you are going to be given a whole load of complex information to digest um, and actually you know th- I break all of that down. I'm just a real mum. And do you know what? I've got all this expertise. I know all this technical stuff. And what I can do is just bring out the parts that are relevant in the here and now. And we make those really understandable. So you are empowered and you do know what you need to know. But rather than thinking you have this big, huge mountain to climb, you're just actually addressing the the thing that you need to address right now. Because I think that's another thing as women that we often do is that, we hold ourselves to a really really high esteem you know we, we expect a lot from ourselves so we wing it less you know and whereas a lot of men are willing to wing it when it comes to their finances and they have more exposure and knowledge just through the course of the way their lives run anyway and they're willing to wing it and they don't expect to know the ins and outs of everything we set ourselves this picture of gosh i've finances I've got so much to learn and that's going to be a real battle and what I do is just kind of break that down and kind of go look stop being a perfectionist here this is what you need to know in the here and now and and let's get you really confident with that and you can make some great decisions and then when you need to know about the next thing we'll talk about the next thing or when we need to know three steps ahead we will talk about that now so you feel, feel prepared but rather than it feeling like you've got this overwhelming amount to learn
0: and that's so wonderful to have somebody with those expertise who is so accessible on so many levels, and just easy to talk to, and takes away the mystery because it's the mystery that is the fear of yeah. really, isn't it? And the the expectations, yeah. as you say, and the the culture of finance is big, and it's like you say, corporate, and it's also often seen as being male anyway. And the financial advisor is seen as being male as well as uh, as the man is often seen traditionally as the breadwinner or the one who calls. the the person in the the family so to be able to see somebody who is another mum a grounded just regular mum but who has the expertise that I need and that I can talk to and that she will just set it all out for me clearly as and when I'm ready or I need it that's amazing
1: and i think we need more of it robin so kind of my my big game is to really really shake up financial services and bring the feminine energy to it because we have such such strengths to bring from that place and we really could do with some rebalancing there i think what they've got going on is is brilliant you know the 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 technical side of things um i think in, in terms of how it works the strengths of the male energy are really there it's just missing that female energy and that chance to actually say okay let's make it accessible let's make it human let's bring it to a place where people want to engage because it becomes part of their lives rather than something that they dip in and out of
0: yes to make it part of the
1: norm oh you, you cut out then, what did you say
0: just to make it part of the norm that it is just an everyday thing it doesn't need to be some big mystery
1: absolutely yeah an everyday thing and an inspiring thing you know that people are thinking about their money in a way that overall adds to their well-being rather than it becoming a job a task or worry yes
0: yes and i love how much you talk about energy and rebalancing because i think that's so necessary yeah and to bring in the yin and the yang i know we talk about the masculine and the feminine, it, doesn't, it
1: doesn't have to relate to men or women but the yin yeah, and doesn't the... yeah it doesn't i mean i use those terms because they are typically where you find those energies but i have a lot of masculine energy around me and a lot of you know when i'm doing the actual and i'm doing you know that kind of masculine energy but yeah like i've not used yin and yang but actually i'm going to use that robin i love that yeah i think definitely. just
0: sometimes it gets a little bit twisted now because we we then are labeling that that's male energy, that's men are like yeah. that. And it doesn't have to be. There are a lot of men who are really grounded and nurturing and all of these yeah. things that we would say is the feminine, but it doesn't have I to mean Feminine energy, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And and it's pulling on both of those, like using the strengths for both of those. And that's where I think financial services has fallen down, is that it hasn't pulled on that other strength yet. And we pull that in there, we could fly. And that's that's my big game. Um, And that's kind of kind of what I'm pushing, kind of using my male energy, like really pushing to get get change.
0: And that's so fantastic, because I think that's coming against a culture that has become quite old and stale in a sense hasn't it so giving it that (laughs) new lease of of better more balanced energy because neither the yin nor the yang the male nor the female in itself is healthy we need both like you say to have that balance if it was too much feminine energy it wouldn't work either
1: yeah absolutely i agree i agree and i think um i think So I am a feminist and that's been part of my journey, part of the reason that I've got to the space that I'm in. And I think feminism has got to a place where we're actually stronger for recognising that, actually in a place where we've recognised that the yin and the yang together are important. It's neither one nor the other. And I think that's actually quite a recent journey, Robin. I don't think we could have really said that we were there, you know, five, ten years ago. I know I certainly wasn't, you know kind of my backstory goes back quite far. Like when I was in school, I had a perception of what success was um, and, you know, self-composed or probably environmental, nurture, whatever, yeah. um, but not not something that was told to me outright. But for me, success was about doing really well in what I considered the, the harder subjects like maths and science. And I went on to do a maths degree, all because actually that's what I perceived was more successful, although I'm really much more a natural linguist and an artist and had I gone with my strength and my joy, that's the route that I would have taken. and so that's been a real journey for me to actually lean into those sides of things and not see them as weakness. Because I personally had seen them for weakness. And it's only as my career has developed and I've started to see the coaching that I was doing with others, the value that they were getting from the yin side of me, the yang, whatever we want to call it. And I could see, oh, actually, while I'm really strong in the one sense, I have so much to bring in the other, and it's flipped, you know, like from kind of being in this person who was always kind of in the yang to being this person who's now pri- primarily in the yin. It's really flipped, and I love it. I just absolutely love the difference that you can bring by making something that feels like it should be a certain way far more accessible.
0: Yeah thinking outside of the box and bringing in all of that new and innovative stuff I think it's it's just magical yeah and I love that it's coming together for you in this way and I can just see you light up when you talked about that how you've flipped it how you've turned it on its head how you're leaning more into the artistic side of yourself and like I've seen that with your calm program that you've just been putting together because I think that is just so beautiful, and, and the brochure that you've had created, and everything. It, it's it's just such a fantastic vision, but a very yin feel to it, a very um, yin energy to it. So I love that the fact that you're kind of taking your journey that you've been on, that's been quite yang, in, in a quite yang environment but managing to flip it completely, make it more yourself, and it shines. Yeah. So that thing of being your it, true self.
1: Yeah. It is, yeah, that's what I was just about to say, it is my true self. And I didn't know it. It's not like I've been faking for all these years. You know, I was I was successful. I had a great career. But you, you kind of get to a stage of life where, you just become more self-aware and you're able to identify the things that really resonate for you. Um, and this does, you know, this is right. This is where I'm meant to be. And this is really adding value, really, really making a difference.
0: And I can see and hear that in you that it's just that sense of, ah, I am where I'm meant to be yeah. doing what I'm meant to do i'm being myself i'm being authentic i'm being congruent so everything's flowing in alignment not a bit here and a bit there and it's not really coming together but it's just in flow now
1: yeah absolutely and i wouldn't have even known how that felt you know 10 years ago me didn't even know how that felt it's amazing i feel really blessed
0: it's just yeah yeah yeah, and it, it just shines out of you but it's like just that that last little bit in a circuit that connects up and the light yeah. bulb lights up, or the piece in the jigsaw puzzle, yeah. and you can see the picture. Where all of a sudden, yes, and almost, why didn't I see this before when I can now see it so clearly?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, definitely. And then, and then the, more you see it, the more you see it, the more you find other people who see it. You know, I think one of the reasons you and I, you know, we met at networking, but the reason that our friendship has developed is because of that. Because, you know, it was just that sense of, yeah, we, we both know what this is. I, I find it harder to articulate than you do, because you have more depth and grounding in it. But we both know what this feeling is.
0: And sometimes there aren't any words. It's more when you talk about it and I see you light up. And I see your whole body language just it becomes when you talk about these things and, and you feel that potential, it's, it's expansive, isn't it? It's growth. And it just your whole body language reflects that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and actually, though, the journey that I go on with the women that I work in, they quite often will get some support, um, some emotional support and um, some healing support because of the huge trauma that they're going through Um, and then obviously the work I'm doing with them in itself can be really constructive and really you know powerful and kind of moving them forward and I see that in them I see them move through their divorce and there becomes a tipping point where what we're talking about is their future far more than their past and it's so exciting and it's so I feel so lucky when I'm with these women and I see that moment happen. And actually, when we're doing some planning, we're not just talking about, okay, what happens in the here and now? We're talking about the life that she's imagining and the life that's going to happen for her and kind of seeing her kind of just relax into things and get hopeful and excited about what it's going to look like.
0: And just that beginning of blossoming, I was going to say to you, you were talking about mindset and the beliefs that we might have taken on board as we were growing up or you know wherever they come from that inner voice that tells us oh you're no good with money or "Well, you've never had to deal with money and it's big and it's scary and, and you don't know all this financial world the whole mindset and all of the attachments and mind monkeys that we have around money and particularly for women I think when they're getting divorced it's a time having been there myself of feeling at a really low ebb feeling like your self-confidence and your self-worth have been squashed into the floor. So it's not a time when you're feeling very empowered. It's not a great time for having to make decisions because your brain just isn't like working on all four, four cylinders. So to have somebody like you who comes in and goes, it's okay, breathe, the breathe, I love always, the pause, the breathe, you know, get grounded again, then you can start moving forward. So
1: can you talk a little bit around that? Um, So you cut out a little bit there, but I got the main gist of what you were saying. Um, So... You're talking about kind of the the grief that women go through, and that, that there's a point that they need to make some decisions, and how actually making those decisions. I think the bit that I missed was where you're talking about that can be really grounding. Actually, getting to a place where you feel in control and you feel empowered can be, can really be empowering. Can really make you feel that you're ready to move forward. So what I do with women um, is first of all make sure that they don't feel like they have any gaps in their knowledge Um, kind of on a bespoke basis make sure that they don't ever feel like they're the underdog because when you are divorcing and you feel like your ex is far more likely to um be able to manage the finances and the financial decisions um it can make you really wary of what you're agreeing to so the first thing is just really making sure that they never feel like that um, and we fill in any knowledge gaps and then the second thing is just making sure that they've got a real clarity of what it is that they want because it isn't about winning and losing you know it's the law will have an impression of what's fair and you know it will come out to what is fair for either party but what you want um, needs to be something that you've really thought through and rather than getting into a battle of um, kind of minds and a battle of winning versus losing if you just always have in your mind okay what's going to work how's that going to work the way that the law works is that it will it will pull that for you you know it's going to make it fair it's going to make it equal and generally the women I work with when you pull it down through its nuts and bolts they are not greedy It's very rare that I get anybody who i'd ever say was greedy. they just want their fair share and their money to be able to work in a way. Um, that actually provides a lifestyle that can, they can maintain and fair show doesn't always mean 50 50 actually and I think that's where we get this impression that women are greedy because often it means that a woman gets more than 50 50 because that's fair because she has less potential for earnings um, she has given up a career she has raised the children all these other all the complex reasons why um, but we get to a place where that there's a real kind of depth within her that she is comfortable with what's being proposed why it's been proposed and how it's going to work for her
0: and I love that you say because I've never really thought of this before that the law will make it fair and it's not necessarily equal or you know equitable in that sense but the law will make Mm -hmm. the decision that it deems is fair that doesn't you don't need to worry Mm -hmm. about that You know, that really takes a load off, doesn't it? You just, whoa, that's not my concern. I can just say, you know, through you, you can know what you need. You can know how to do your best to get that. And the law then will decide this is the fair outcome. And that's the decision. So the decision and everything is out of your hands. It's not something that you need to worry about
1: absolutely and I think what often happens is there becomes this fight, um and an expensive fight um and the that picture gets lost and kind of where this fight comes from Robin is that there's often not enough money to go around you know you've got one household it's splitting into two and other than the wealthiest there's going to be sacrifice and it's just getting comfortable with okay that, that I need to acknowledge the fact that there isn't enough money to go around it's going to be a fair outcome and actually this is how we can make it work and the more you fight against that the more pain there is in in accepting it you know Absolutely. and actually the quicker the quicker you can get to a space where you are able to picture how you could make it work because you can make it work and that's, the better
0: that's yeah. wonderful as well that you hold that belief and the person maybe themselves can't at that point but you hold that belief that truth that it will work we will get to the point where it actually works for you
1: yeah yeah absolutely yeah because when you when you remove the emotion and the attachment of winning and you pull it more into the life that they want to live and how we can do that we can make it work You know, if you're going to be in a place where all you care about is him being punished, you've got some emotional stuff to deal with first before. And and that's, you know, when I have, because it does happen, you know, it's, god it's so so painful and when it does happen it's just pulling in people like you and coaches and people who can just help work through those emotions because while I do hold that space for women obviously I'm a financial advisor and it's personal space that I'm holding for them kind of experience and you know if it's it's really big stuff you know even if it's small stuff they need professionals like you to actually go okay let's work through this let's kind of move this forward
0: yeah i think that's so true that energy is is just so detrimental and you know on so many levels absolutely that that needs to be released needs to be let go and then you can move forward and not have that dragging you back and dragging you down do you get many women who feel guilty yes
1: yeah yeah absolutely um and and that and feel that they will be considered greedy so they they aren't greedy but are worried that people think they were greedy and actually are trying to settle for less than is fair because of the guilt or because of the sense of feeling greedy um kind of almost like they're trying to fix the problem by not taking any of the money and that's not really how it works Robin you know it doesn't doesn't fix the problem you know that you Even when they're not the ones who've chosen to end the relationship, there's still a lot of guilt that women can carry for the change in their family circumstance for their children because they weren't good enough for the husband to stay. You know, there's that sense of, you know, if I had been better, if I'd only just, if I'd only just, then the children wouldn't be losing their dad. And there's a lot of that that happens. Um, And a lot of sense of kind of, if they have been the one who's chosen to end that relationship, not wanting to pursue money kind of almost punishing themselves um, and that takes a lot of work um, i've got a client at the moment actually and the solicitor contacted me and she said I, I, I can't sign this off you know what what she's trying to agree no court will agree this is fair she's not getting enough and so i'm having gonna to have to have a conversation with her next week and just say we need to go back to this we need to kind of revisit this it's not just you saying you're happy with this the court's got to sign it there's a consent order, a court has to sign it and they have to be happy with it. And like, if we're telling you that's not right, we need to figure out why you feel it is. Mm. So yeah, loads of guilt.
0: And that's, I was thinking that earlier and stuff that you were saying around sort of mindset um, that people have. What is going on? And it's such a big learning, isn't it? When we can take it and explore it. Why do you have these beliefs and such a great potential for growth when? with your support people can get to see that was an, a non-true belief actually the yeah. true belief yeah, yeah. is that i am entitled worthy of this money of this support that it is just another form of energy it's not something that you need to feel guilty about it's not something it's not about a win it's not about punishing somebody else or yourself It just is. And I love as well what you've just said, that the court, you know, the solicitor was saying that the court is going to come back and say, this won't work, we won't sign this off. So just as a reassurance for any women out there to know the court is on your side as much as the other parties, they're not going to make you do without they're not going to side if, if the other party, if you feel that they're trying to take too much or whatever, they're not going to go with that either. They are going to look for what's fair.
1: Absolutely. And I think where there is this sense of greed and the sense of winning and losing, it's really a lot of it comes from the press, from the media who talk about women winning a court case or women taking his money. And like that's just not how it is, Robin. It's family money she's not taken his money it's her money it's family money um and it's just yeah I think there's a lot of work to do in the media to kind of change that perception of just because the woman wasn't the earner it was still her money you know the contribution she's made through raising that family through supporting his career through being the one who's kind of all hours worked with the children so that he could go off and, and kind of really make sure that their career was flying that's valid that's huge and that's a family choice that they made um but actually the media aren't on board with that at the moment so they see it as his money because he's the one who physically earns it um and there's a lot of change that needs to happen there a little change of language so it's not winning losing his hers it's theirs and it's sharing
0: i'm very much passionate very much passionate about how we use our language and being clean yeah. with our language and, and not the inferences that are sometimes trickled in there subtly and it's probably your your linguistic tendencies that really you know picks up on all of that and I think it's not I wouldn't even say that I would blame the media completely because I think they just are using the language and the terms that the buy, you know, that's what sells. And if we as a society said, that's not true. I don't want to buy that paper. I don't want to listen to that report. I don't want to read that tweet or whatever it is. If we voted with with that kind of a you know with our voted with our feet, voted with our fingers and avoided things like that sort of story, that sensationalism, that big drama news it would no longer be big drama news it would no longer sell papers or whatever so i think often the media gets blamed for these things but the media that works for them because that's what we buy
1: they're feeding they're feeding hunger yeah yeah so it's cyclical
0: yeah the more they feed it's like the more you eat sugar because it's like cocaine that you it's actually addictive the more you want it so the same sort of yeah. thing, the more we get into this sense of drama, the more it becomes an itch that you want to scratch and you want more drama and more. The problem is it goes bigger and bigger and bigger. And yeah, I think we can see that in the media and lots of other things.
1: Yeah. I bury my head in the sand Do you. I don't I don't like I don't like it. I don't watch it. I don't read it. I kind of try I try and get my news third hand through my husband. Yeah. <laughs> and just kind of say to it what's going on that I need to know about and then I might read some stuff but I I would never pick a newspaper up I, no. I couldn't remember I think oh, like even now when I think about it my heart sinks I know that feeling of reading a newspaper it's not for me so yeah I keep I keep abreast of the financial news and I keep abreast of everything else through my husband and head in the sand <laughs> I don't
0: know if it's head in the sand I think it's choice I think it's I keep yeah but it's like that story of the Native American story of the two wolves. Which one do you feed? Do you feed the sensationalism and the media hype and the, it's negativity largely. And and it probably plays into our negative bias that we have in our primitive brains, which is a survival mechanism to keep us safe. But when we can be conscious of that and we can then choose I'm going to listen to that because this situation really does need me to just be reactive and keep safe, or I'm going to evaluate that and see, does that ring true for me? Does it feel supportive? Or like you say, does it just make my heart sink? Does it make my stomach want to go through the floor? In which case, I don't need it. It's not helping me.
1: Yeah, you're right. It's about those choices. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. (laughs)
0: so you talked a little bit about your backstory can you tell me your why of why have you chosen to focus in the way that you have on uh, supporting women who are going through divorce why that particularly
1: so i always knew i was going to run my own business and i always knew that i was going to be um i was going to come back to advising so i was i've been a financial advisor for 20 years but the last five of which i was a coach to other financial advisors but I, I knew i was going to go back and then a few kind of circumstances in my life the universe kind of threw a few things at me that helped me realize that the time was now um one of them was i started working with a firm of financial advisors and so the reason that I'd stopped being a financial advisor is because I didn't know like the rationale behind it I just knew that it felt wrong and I was like always uncomfortable and it was always a slog and it was always kind of quite hard work but I didn't want to leave financial services because I'd spent like this whole journey getting there loads of qualifications to get there and I'd found that um, I was really quite a good manager of other people and you would moved Path and i'd done the coaching and the coaching was just amazing so i loved that so i started working with this firm of financial advisors and they just had a really different approach and i observed them and i was like oh well, this this is it and it's called lifestyle financial planning so rather than financial advice which very much focuses on products and performance and growth lifestyle financial planning focuses on the meaning of money for you the opportunities it creates the the purpose and depth behind money for you and i just hadn't seen it so this was probably four ish years ago and so i just went off on this spree of i've got to find out everything i can and i'm like was just eating it up um but i was still loving my coaching career and then i had a few circumstances where i wasn't loving the coaching career so much a couple of people that i was working with um and i was just like oh this just doesn't feel just just doesn't feel like what I need it to be. So I made the decision, okay, this is it, I'm going to jump. But if I'm going to jump, I'm going to jump and I'm going to do it really in a way that feels very much like me. And I knew it was going to be women. Like I knew that's where when I work with other women there's no ego and I knew that I was running away from ego Robin I know that the couple of people I'm talking about there was ego I'm not gonna there's no ego when I work with women that's my experience so I'm going to run away from the ego and then when I really started to think about where I can add the most value and who I enjoy working with the most that's when it became yeah it's divorcing women so I'd had a lot of divorced clients when I was a financial advisor and I knew the journey they'd been on I knew the experiences they were having, and I knew how much help they needed. And for me, it's about serving. It's about actually really being in a place where you add value to someone, and that all resonated. And like, as soon as I had made that decision, it all came together, and I knew, knew the path I was on. Sorry, a very long answer. <laughs> no,
0: no, it's, it's a beautiful answer. And so many times there, you've talked about how it felt, and, and you were basically listening to your body and oh, yeah. it was saying "Oh, not there this and when you talked about how you came across a lifestyle financial planning for the first time and just you could see how it lit you up and and that yeah. whole that's that's what i love so much <laughs> that being able to tune in <laughs> being able to tune into your yeah. body know what it's telling you that this is right for me this is not right for me bless you
1: Where this needs another
0: one (laughs) um knowing this feels right for me this doesn't and listening to that and following that and to where to where it's led you now yeah absolutely such a fantastic example and modeling of what we're here to do I think I think we're here to be more ourselves and to obviously then when you get to that point you just come alive you light up and you shine a light that supports other people too
1: yes I think so and I don't think I previously knew how to tune into that and I quite intuitively tuned into it Um, at the time I was making some decisions but now like now I feel it Robin like I really do get drawn or pushed and I know I kind of lean into that and know yeah this is right this is for me
0: and I think it does start in our intuition but the more we listen to it I think the more we understand its vocabulary we are much more attuned to those feelings of oh that's a strong push whereas before it might just have been a little niggle but now because you're listening because you've Tuned in, it's like tuning in that radio, isn't it? Well, that's probably very yeah. old questions. <laughs> tuning in a radio, <laughs> maybe nobody knows. Yeah, that. but that whole sense of <laughs> I'm just getting on that frequency my frequency, my vibe, my vibration, and I know just in, instinctively, intuitively, instantly now because you've, you've honed it so beautifully just what's right yeah. for me.
1: Yeah absolutely and and it gives you confidence to kind of keep moving in the right direction Um, and gives you confidence just to do business as well Robin you know I know who I like to work with and it isn't kind of doing it doesn't ever feel like I'm ever selling anything I am just helping and working and supporting and it's just really easy to be like that
0: because you find the exact right place. So you know that you are doing, because as well, having found that niche that is so you, that, that is using your gifts for what they were designed for, yeah. it means that yes, you are drawing in the people who need you. So it isn't selling, it's just, yeah. you need this, here it is.
1: Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, Which absolutely. And, and and actually, for me, it just makes it more of a joy because there's never any push or pull it's just we're just there, we just are there on the same page straight away
0: yes, absolutely, and I think that's that's why you were saying about how it just gives you confidence and you just know you're doing the right thing because. The clients who are your sole clients are attracted to the energy that you're putting out. And just, yeah. yes, that's for me. They're not having to be persuaded. So there's no sell. It's just, oh, but that's what I need. It, there's no question. Yeah. It's a no brainer. It's yeah. a hell yes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I had a client this morning um, who said exactly that. He said exactly that. And he was like, yeah, I know. I know this is what you need. Let's do it yeah
0: <laughs> so going in a slightly different tangent then i know that you recently <laughs> took on a gorgeous little puppy well i say little <laughs> Not i don't know so little,
1: <laughs> little, <anymore. laughs> so, <Not> so, little. <laughs>
0: so can you tell me a little bit about your connection with animals and nature
1: yeah absolutely so um waffle is the first dog we've had for five years we lost our last dog five years ago Um, and I had a real gap Um, and I knew it was there Robin like I knew it was missing but there's a grief when you lose a pet there's a grief when you lose part of your family that's what it was and now that waffle is here oh my goodness the joy I it's unfounded the amount of joy he brings and he has brought um and he is just filling something that was just so obviously missing to me um, and yeah so so that has been huge but the dogs that we had previously so i had um two from the same litter they were across between a husky and a king Charles spaniel so they were quite unique and we lost one dog fairly early on he was knocked over sadly and then our last dog Ice um, was um, with us for quite a long time and the last years of his life he was diabetic and he needed lots of help and lots of support um, but he bought so much love and he was such a massive massive part of our family and that's always been kind of my I suppose my interaction with animals has always been through dogs as a child we had dogs Um, And it was always that that sense of having them within my life. Um, And they bring you into nature, Robin, you know, I've walked more since I've had waffle in the last six months than I did in the five years before. And today it's raining. Would I have gone for a walk at 11 o'clock this morning? No way. But we're out there and we're loving it. I should have gone for the walk at seven o'clock this morning. It took me till 11 o'clock to persuade him because it was raining. He's not a big fan of the rain. Um, by 11 o'clock, he was desperate to go. Yeah. <laughs> so we've just been out in it. But I'm new into nature. Um, and the other thing that I really notice is because um, just the way that my working life is now and I have the time to walk him in the day, I'm on my own when we would have walked our dog it would have been a family affair but because I'm on my own I do really get this chance he's taking me to a space where he's off doing his thing but I can really step into nature and just observe and notice and you know I've been on a bit of a spiritual journey the last year and like daily Robin like I'm walking down the street and I'm like I'll I'll think of something and then there'll be a sign and I like it freaks me out and I'll be like this dog is really helping me on this journey because he keeps showing me things and I keep getting to places and I keep kind of getting reminded about how wonderful the universe is and what's going on, big picture.
0: And I love that perfect example of just how everything is so interconnected. It's because you have Waffle and he's getting you outside and you're seeing and learning more through him and through nature and just how it all comes together. And it's such a beautiful whole yeah isn't it that that oneness of everything
1: yeah absolutely yeah absolutely he's yeah he's my little buddy I'm really happy
0: yeah delighted (laughs) so can you then tell me who inspires you who even over time not necessarily right now but over time who have been your inspirations
1: yeah absolutely so a lot of what I value and kind of what has been a driving force for me has come from my family. And I think when you're a little girl and you're looking up to your your parents, it's quite a natural way to kind of view your future. And so so my parents have been a big inspiration to me, both of them, for very, very different reasons. Um, And then kind of more recently, my brother became self-employed. Probably, well my brother's been self-employed always actually I'm saying became self-employed his recent company he's run for about five years but I can't actually remember the last time my brother was employed you know he's had various different companies um and there's an inspiration that comes from being in uh, enough confidence in what you do to do it your own way um so he's been a huge huge inspiration for me definitely and then if we kind of look wider and further afield you know, I am a feminist and so kind of feminine icons do really stand out for me. So Michelle Obama has been long, long time somebody that I've just really had kind of a real admiration for and felt like, you know, that here, here's a woman who's a woman but strong and able to really cast wide, you know, a message that is really having a huge, huge impact on the world. Well, what about you Robin
0: yeah I, Michelle Obama would have been somebody that I would those people those women who can be feminine and strong and yeah. love, and they're not they don't feel the need to shout they don't feel the need to take on masculine energy they can just so Brene Brown Marianne Williams people like that hey, just yeah I'm in awe because I was somebody growing up who was always very much feeling small as uh, a girl, as a woman, as a feminine energy. And I always felt that masculine energy was so big and overpowering, and I felt neat in comparison. So to see these women who role model feminine strength, vulnerability as strength, um, not having to change, and still being strong and I think yeah I love that myself
1: yeah I think it's a, I think it's a real power it's mm-hmm. a real power, a super a power. Brown, by the way like that woman, yeah she talks to my soul you know <laughs> just like I watch or I read her and I'm like yeah you she gets it she gets it totally
0: and there mm-hmm. are women um, who are in a male world the ones that we've mentioned like Michelle Obama and uh, Marianne Williamson and even Brene Brown because she's out there doing TED Talks yeah. and stuff and that's, we think quite often of men. Traditionally, men were the ones who spoke. Women were more in the background. And it's not been that way for yeah. completely for a number of years but still there is a predominance of men, um, Simon Sinak, and you can come out with loads of names of men but the names of women probably are fewer and yet it's amazing to see them. And it's great. I think they're probably increasing in number because I think more and more we're becoming aware of that need to bring in the feminine energy. So I think so.
1: I think so. I think think it's um, something that we will just see grow from here. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think we are definitely a place where we're just not scared to be ourselves. You don't have to be, um, a powerful woman now you don't have to do anything different you can just be you and be a powerful woman and that's new and that's exciting
0: and for me our purpose we, maybe when you know when you're at school you're you're asked what you want to be when you grow up or whatever and because of that possibly and, and through culture and so on we grow up thinking who i am is what i do and my yeah brother, do something and to do something momentous if i want to make a mark on the world but for me my purpose is just to be me as me as i can possibly be and that then uh, leads on naturally into standing in my power but to me my power my authentic power is connection creativity choice all of these wonderful things and if that you know leads to being a big name like Marianne or Michelle Obama or whatever then that's how it's meant to be but if not then I'm still being a strong powerful amazing woman
1: yeah absolutely Um, well this is the stuff that's so hard to teach Robin you know it's it's felt isn't it it's just experienced and felt and you know it's it's, you know if I could wave a wand and help people get there. I would, you know, help people just, like like we said at the beginning, just kind of breathe. It's like, yes. And that's what you get from what you just talked about. Um, and if I could wave one and go back to kind of my 12 year old self or my 21 year old self, that's what I want her to know.
0: Yeah. And I think speaking and outward stuff is quite young. So we're so used to being educated and being told things we're not so used to just no trust your gut listen to her yeah take that breath and tune in and like you say i that's what i want to put out there that's the little ripple i want to send out into the universe and in terms of a magic wand it wouldn't it be fantastic if you just do that and the whole world would know would reconnect with that knowing we already know but reconnect with that knowing but I think at the same time the fact that we can't is intentional that we have to go on the journey so that we yeah I yeah, realize I that. it for ourselves and and know it on that experiential level
1: yeah yeah I feel that it's hard though when you're on the journey and others around you aren't isn't it often you know it's um it's something that you just like when you and I talk and I can really get across what I mean. Um and then I don't have the language yet because it's such a new journey for me. And when I'm trying to explain it to others who are nowhere near on the journey, it's hard. And that's when I want the magic wand, because it just you not know, okay, like right, get to where I'm at, because it's a great place to be. That's
0: the thing, yeah. It's hard to it's a challenge to look at others and think you're really struggling. I wish I could help you out of your struggle, but in the same th- in the same kind of time I'm thinking, there was something I read a while ago saying that, what I do for you, I'm saying in effect that you cannot do for yourself. Yeah, so yeah. I have to let you, each of us are on our own paths and we're all following our own timeline. And yet we only have this moment of now, so there is no such thing as time in that sense. Everybody's in the right place at the right time for where for who they are, so I have to trust in you, trust in your journey, it's not mine. But hey, wouldn't the life world be boring if we all on the same journey? So it, it really
1: would be, it yeah. Would be. But sometimes, yeah, yeah
0: I, I'm not sure. A magic wand, I want a babel fish. If you've ever read uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, babel fish, you stick a babel fish, you can, you yeah. A babel fish <laughs> in I mean. ear yeah, and it translates. Yeah. Translates yeah. anything yeah. that you you know another language that you don't understand. I want Babel fishes for everybody, so that when I'm talking about this stuff, <laughs> they don't look at me like I've gone crazy. Energy <laughs> stuff, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There are more and more people who are kind of beginning to be intrigued, like you said, about the the lifestyle stuff, just wanting to gobble it all up. I think there are more and more people feeling attracted to challenged by, intrigued by all of this energy, feel.
1: I think so. I think so. Absolutely.
0: So thank you so much, Kerry, for joining me. It has been a pleasure and delight to have you here. It's always a joy. I think the work that you do is so uh, essential, so wonderful. So um, I will share, when I post this, I will share some uh, of your contact details so that people can know where to find you. And uh, thank you. Thank you very much again.
1: Thank you, Rob, And it's been an absolute joy. See you soon.
0: Yeah. Bye for
1: now.